Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Beyond the Gate Radio. This is our Sunday, September 7th edition of 2014 Beyond the Gate Radio Show. I am your host, David Baker, and my co-host, our regular, our angel, Sherelle. Welcome, Sherelle. Thank you, David. I am glad to be here. What a great day that we started off with today. And I'm excited to have Shaman uh, Rye on the show today. And he is a wonderful, wonderful uh, person. He has extraordinary gifts that we're going to be able to explore and talk about. And we'll be taking some calls today. So I'm very excited to be back on the air. How are you doing today? Amazing. I won't accept anything less. I wake up. I'm breathing. That's a miracle. I have you and food and shelter. I'm blessed. I'm rich. That's all I need. I'm happy. <laughs> so uh, I hope everybody else tries to think of that way. That's the only way, you know. Anything less than that just doesn't work, at least not for me. But our guest today is totally an amazing and rare guest to have on the show. Yes, we've had demonologists, uh, ghost investigators, psychics, mediums, healers, you know, all kinds of really amazing people, but... Um, Psychic Shaman Rai is a rare individual that I do not encounter very often. This gentleman has very powerful abilities and a big aura of love around him. And let me tell you a little bit about him before we bring him in. Psychic Shaman Rai is a medium, a medical intuitive, and a healer. He also channels messages from the beings of light, ascended masters, and archangels. Shaman Rai is a clairvoyant, clairaudient, clairsentient, and he is empathic. He receives messages through sight, hearing, intuition, and experiencing them in his own body. His psychic ability allows him to see into the past, present, and future. He provides information about those who are alive or deceased. He can see the condition of the body and identify the underlying physical or emotional issues. As appropriate, he brings in divine energies to initiate a physical, emotional, or spiritual healing process. Shaman Rai has a Ph.D. in psychology 
and a doctorate in neuropathy. He is, a, he is certified in Reiki, integrated energy therapy, and hypnosis. He is also a Jerry Bond with, I hope I pronounce that right, with a Self-Realization Fellowship, which was established by his guru, Paramahansa Yogahanda. Shaman Rai applies his broad range of knowledge and experience in his work. And his website is p double uh, dot double forward slash shamanrai.com. Anyway, just type in shamanrai.com and you'll get his website. It's posted on his bio on our radio show page, and Sherelle will be posting it in the chat room also. So without further ado, we'd like to welcome our esteemed guest, Psychic Shaman Rai. Welcome to our show. Well, thank you very much. It's an honor for me to be here tonight, and thank you for that wonderful introduction. And, uh, you know, uh, it's just thrilling to be able to reach out to people and and let them know more, you know, than what appears before the eye, that life is a lot more than than what we think it is. Most definitely. We learn something new from every guest. Every guest we have on, not only do I, but our audience does too. And I think we have a very enlightening and smart audience because we have the guests that come on here are just always totally amazing to have helped so many people. So I just want to start off with a few kind of like semi-formal questions, and then perhaps we'll have a little bit more questions and banter after that. But I'd like you to tell us a little bit about the development of your abilities. When did you first notice them, and how did they uh, fully evolve or open up, if you don't mind? Sure. No, that's great. Thanks for that opportunity. Because, you know, sometimes uh, people, yeah, I think that's a question that people have, you know, why why has this person developed that? And I think we all take our own path, you know, our own development path uh, for bringing on our, our abilities. And uh, people may be noticing that they are that we're all developing more and more capabilities as the energies rise in, in the earth. But for me, um, the first thing that I remember very very clearly when I was about five or six years old, and my mother's mother had just passed away, and I was sitting. My mother was sitting on the piano stool, and I was sitting at her feet. Uh, She was in mourning, and um, all of a sudden, I felt my grandmother come to me. She came onto my left shoulder, and I instantly knew that it was her, and she was coming to say goodbye to me. And um, and my my belief is, many years later, um, I met a woman who became my second wife, and I believe that she is, that what happened was my grandmother came to me, said goodbye. I had the feeling I was going to see her again, and I believe I did see her again in the second wife that I, that I ultimately married. But a psychic once told me that, um, that I actually came into this world meditating. I knew how to meditate. And I found that interesting. She told me that before I knew a lot about my lives. Um, But 
you know, to take this a little bit sequentially, what what I noticed uh, came up is that I would have these intuitions, these insights of things that were going to happen to me. So I remember when I was in, I believe it was high school, there was a, a friend of mine, a girl, and at one point she had been my girlfriend, and uh, she went away for the summer and came back, and we were just walking around talking as friends, you know. And she told me that she had met this guy, and then all of a sudden I had a vision of um, of the encounter that she had with this fellow, and I described it to her exactly, and um, and she was just shocked. You know, this was like one of the first times that I remember where I had a sight, uh, where I had sight of what of, of something having taken place. But my next big one, and I wish I had bet on this one. Let me tell you, I was <laughs> I was at this point. I think I was in. Uh, Senior, college, senior high school or early college, and uh, I grew up in New York, and we would hang out by a candy store, and um, we were all standing around, and the New York Mets were playing, and we were listening to the radio, and at that time, Willie Mays, who many may remember, was playing center field for the Mets, and all of a sudden, I got a hit, and I said, oh, there's going to be a triple play. The next thing was... A ball was hit to Willie Mays, and he made it into a triple play. So I, I wow. had these intuitions and insights in different ways without really doing very much to develop myself. Did, did you have a question, Cheryl? No, I was just amazed. Now I know why you said you should have betted on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know. But then, um, again, I wasn't doing formal work to develop myself. A lot of this came naturally. One of the things that came to me very, very early on was one of my past lives. I knew who I was in, my past, in one of my past lives. Uh, it was just very clear to me, and, um, and, it, it was, and it was somebody from a biblical time, um, and I knew that, and um, I always carried it with me. In fact, uh, I come from a Jewish background, and when I was in Hebrew school, the rabbi was only able to give me a Hebrew name. Um, he couldn't call me, my regular name is Ira, and apparently he couldn't give me a Hebrew name directly with that, so he gave me one that is Yitzhak, which means Isaac. And so... Uh, it was a very, you know, I always felt I knew that, who I was. And then um, then I started having dreams, very clear visions and very clear dreams. And uh, I, I, I was, um, I didn't, I, ha- I guess I had begun to meditate at that point. And um, what, I'll tell you what happened there. Actually, um, I started out meditating I didn't know how to do it. I wanted it really badly. The first time I was in, I, I was in postgraduate school. I was getting my master's degree, and I got a book. I think it was by Ram Dass. Came home, sat in the middle of my living room, and started to meditate. And my wife came home, and she screamed, "What are you doing?" And it frightened her, so I backed off from doing meditation. But I still had the hunger. And many years later, when I could have my own room to do it in. I started getting materials from Dick Sutphin, 
uh, Dick Sussman has put out things on auto hypnosis kind of things and and uh, past life work and soulmates and and I really got very much into his work and I would sit and do a meditation called Plato's Cave in which you visualize looking into a dark cave and you see all of these shadows and you realize that if you would just turn around you'd see the light and all of that is symbolic of the dualism of this world, the light and the dark and the shadows and all of that. And that became very strong, but I still had this hunger for really having training in, in meditation of some kind. And I was working in Chicago, and as was always my practice, I'd go into a bookstore and look in the New Age books. As I walked into this bookstore in Chicago, I got a clear telepathic message that said, there's a book here by an Indian, and it's not Maharishi Mahesh Yogi. I said, okay. So I just walk around, and I come to this place where there's this one book with this Indian staring at me. And those are the eyes of Paramahansa Yogananda, who became my guru. And um, my development really started to take off from there, where during meditation I would see angels, and uh, many other visions, and during my sleep, I would have dreams that were very um, uh, telling, warning me sometimes. One time it saved my life because it showed me in a dream that I was driving down a road and freezing rain was coming down, and a car in front of me suddenly backed up into a parking lot, and if I was close to it, I would have been hit. And that exact scene happened to me and saved my life so that I was prepared for it wow. because of the warning that came. So, you know, these kind of things are, are very, very powerful. I also was shown in meditation that I would divorce my first wife and marry somebody else. And I said, no, I'm not. But ultimately I did. The guru who is not in body, Paramahansa Yogananda, played a very big role. One of the things that I found that opened me up Besides just the general meditation, we would have convocation. Convocation takes place every year in L.A. for Self-Realization Fellowship, the Guru's organization. And this one year, I kept on being drawn to look at these photographs of him from, you know, like the 1940s. And one time, I was all alone, nobody else was there, and all of a sudden... He sent an energy ray through the photograph, hit me in my heart, knocked me against the pillar, and that began the opening of my heart chakra, which had been closed because of things that had happened to me in, in my life. That was a major step in my development. The job was finished by Mother Mary when I was sent by my boss to Italy and Mother Mary came and opened my heart, and I felt the most incredible feeling of love. And I went to the Cathedral Dromo, which was across from my hotel, and demanded a meditative prayer. Who is she? And I was shown a vision that took me many years to realize that it was Mother Mary who had finished the job of opening my heart. So this work, the meditation, coming in with certain from my past lives, uh, opening my chakras, my heart, 
began a very powerful step towards that development. And, you know, to sort of short-circuit this, what I, the major steps then kept on coming where I had to let go of the, the, the negative uh, karma, the negative feelings. Well, the karma was taken care of through Guruji's meditation. It's called uh, Kriya Yoga. I'm a Kriyaban. It's called Kriya Yoga. Where we work with the Kundalini and we take off thousands of years of, of, of negative karma. So that was very important to do. But more recent times, I worked with a chiropractor who did energetic work, and we would release any negative memories from this life or past lives. But the major breakthrough, this is a fun one, let me tell you, the major breakthrough that finally opened me up was I met, when I was divorcing my second wife, when we agreed that we were going to divorce, I met somebody in town who, um, who I knew, but suddenly we had a heart connection. And we were talking about, we were talking to plan a date. And in doing it, we were both spiritual and we both knew our past lives. And I told her that I was a rabbi in the last lifetime and that I had been in concentration camp. And she got chills up and down her spine. She told me that she was the wife of a rabbi in concentration camp. And I got chills up and down my spines. We were husband and wife in the last lifetime. Wow. She's now Native American in most of her lifetime. Go ahead. That's amazing. That's amazing. It certainly is. No, I can tell. Um, I just can't have all the guests on the show that, you know, people want me to have and so forth and I want to have. But when I took a, uh, a look at your website and your photograph, I had uh, a wave of energy that came at me that told me that you are an advanced, very advanced soul and have amazing abilities. And uh, talking to you today for the first time, especially before the show started, I knew that you were different than the normal person, light worker, so to speak, that I talked to, that you're advanced, you're really good at what you do. I can just feel it. And listening to what you said, uh, yeah, for sure. Now, you know, as a little child at five, you said, when uh, your mother was mourning for her mom, and, you know, a child of that age, they have not been taught yet anything about supernatural so to speak paranormal whatever and so for you not to say that oh that's my imagination for you to somehow naturally intuitively know that what's happening is authentic and real is amazing in itself because as the child I had same experiences and I never questioned them I just accepted them as real it's not until you get older and you talk to other people that don't believe what you do think that you're, you need to see a psychiatrist or something. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. And then yep. plus the visions and things you had. But what do you think about that? You know, uh, uh, so somebody that's just, you know, and then uh, remembering a past life, that's another uh, interesting thing. Now, I've, I've been regressed, you know, hypnotically regressed. And... Uh, 
some things came out that I was really shocked at, and some things came out that confirmed what I had. And another, uh, what's his name? Uh, he was with Jim Van Prack, the other guy that has past life. Dyer? Yeah, uh, I Dyer? guess. No, it wasn't him. Uh, anyway, I was regressed by him, and then another regression by somebody else we know. Uh, I went back to that same place again, and I said, wow, it's amazing because I was really under. So that, that's really, you know, everything you're talking about, I really don't have an opportunity to talk about too much. Now, uh, that was an unscripted question between my scripted questions for you, but the next question I have is, uh, well, we understand that you're able to communicate with those who have left the body and crossed over. Well, we'd like to know what's that like and how do you know the information that you're receiving is correct? And could you give us some examples of your experiences communicating with them, if you don't mind? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'd love to. It's fascinating. Um, you know, like I said, my first experience with, with seeing those on the other side or feeling them was with my grandmother. But um, what, you know, it, it happens in lots of different ways, which is, which is really interesting. Um, one time um, I was doing a, a session with a woman, and she wanted to communicate her love to her father who had passed away, I think it was about 15 years before. And um, so what he did was he came through me, and I could see a man sitting and fishing by the river. And so I, and so you know, you ask, how do I know that it's accurate? You know, so um, so I described to her what he did sitting and fishing. And she said, Yeah, that's what he used to do exactly. And and I described the hat that he was wearing. So what I find is when they're coming through, very often um, they will come and show some kind of image you know, or activity that the other person can recognize so that it can connect with them. Now, sometimes they don't bother doing that. But I had one incident where a man's uh, daughter had been in a car accident um, just, uh, I think it was about a year, within the year of the time we had the session. And he wanted to test me. So, um, because I was bringing him information from his daughter. So he said to me, well, how did she die? And I was first shown the right side of the head, and then I was shown the right hip, and he said, you're absolutely right. Her head was crashing to the side of the car, and then she bled to death when her femur uh, was cut by the car. And then I'm able to communicate to him, because then he believes it and he understands it's his daughter. And it's fascinating, the information. You know, she came through and her personality came through. And in this case, she had messages for the father, the brother. The brother was planning to become a physician, and she spoke about that, and I didn't know anything about it. And then her best friend was there for the session. And... Um, so they all, it all fit for the information they wanted. In fact, uh, a funny thing today, I just did a, a group session with six sisters, uh, adult women who um, every three months they get together. And, um, and at one point, 
you know, they asked, you know, how, what does our mother feel about what we're doing? Well, when I do my work, my eyes are closed. I can see through the third eye everything that's going on in the room. But, and so imagine we're in a hotel room, two of the women are sitting on chairs, two women are sitting on one bed, and two women are sitting on another. And I've basically gone through everybody, and I said, well, now, who's sitting at the foot of the bed there and who's sitting on the side of the bed? They said there's nobody there. But it was. It was their mother and a sister who passed over. And they asked, well, what does our mother think of what we do? And I heard a laughter, and I said, well, she's laughing. And she said, the mother said, adventures. And the girls, all, the women all started laughing because that's what they do. Every three months they go on some adventure somewhere. So that's how I know that it's accurate, and it can, eat, it can come in just from a feeling. Sometimes I'll feel a, 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 someone on my left shoulder, or, or I'll see a vision, or I'll just hear it or, or intuit it. Now, when my father passed away, this was interesting, and, and I, I'm going to bring this up because I want people to understand about the other side and my father was not a particularly religious or spiritual man. Um, he, had his own, he had his own way about things. And um, I was called up to, to be with him. I, I was there with him for a month. Uh, they expect him to pass away in a week, but he was there much longer. And one night or one day he went to sleep and he woke up and he said, they know when I'm going to go. They know exactly when I'm going to go. And then he described the funeral. He saw a man in black, and he saw everybody who was there. Now, uh, I helped him cross over because he, he was actually afraid to go. And, and so the night that he finally went, he, he, he woke up. He couldn't speak anymore. And I said, Dad, you know, there's nothing to be afraid of. God loves you. You know God loves you. And he finally was able to let go and, and let himself move on to the other side. At the funeral, my sister-in-law was standing behind me, and I was up at the casket with my mother and brother. And all of a sudden, she feels this cold breeze, and I look up, and there was my father up, like if I raised my right hand up to the sky, he was in that position, and I could see him watching what was going on at the funeral, and it was just the way he had described it before he had uh, passed away. So I hope that gives you a little bit. It, it, in some ways it's vague, and in some ways I hope that the examples that I gave you are concrete. I mean, even here in, in the house here, um, we've experienced uh, entities in the house, and um, one time I felt something, we felt something go across our sheet, our, our covers, and uh, finally I said, okay, I want to see what it is that's in the house, and there was a young child that I saw, and his father was behind him, and I, I spoke to him and told him, look at the light, and you can go to the light, and he left, and he wasn't here anymore. Um, that's similar to another experience that I had. I've had so many, and if I'm just talking on too much, you, you know, you just stop me. But one of the things that happened to me um, uh, was that I was in my, went into my meditation room 
closed the door. And a few days before, I had been at somebody's house where they had told me that they had buried their dog and they had they knew what I could do and they brought me out and I touched the ground and I could feel that there was still warmth, energy coming from there. The reason was that this man was doing things to try to resurrect his dog. Well, I went into my meditation room, closed the door, and in walks two dogs. One of them, half the body was missing, and the other one I clearly understood intuitively that it was the mother and that they wanted me to send it to the light. So I said a prayer, sent it to the light, and they left, and never they never returned to me again. So, you know, the, these... Um, you know, what we are is consciousness. We're energy. And, you know, consciousness can never be created or destroyed. It may take different forms. And that's really what's happening is that we're moving on to the other side and we can always communicate with those on the other side because they, their consciousness, their energy always exists. And by us opening ourselves up enough and attuning ourselves to it, we're able to receive information from them. And I want to make this as a very big point. You know, David, you mentioned your abilities and other people's abilities. I want, to, I want people to understand that all of us, all of us can have these abilities that we're showing them. Um, you know, it's like what Jesus said, you know, this and many more abilities, basically. All that I do, you can do and more. And I truly do believe that that is what's going on in the world now, is that all of our vibrations are changed, are, are being raised, our bodies are being changed, and people are becoming more telepathic, more intuitive, and these abilities are going to open up for, for everybody as they, as, they, uh, as they desire it, as they open up to that. So I hope that kind of addresses that question. It, it more than does so very much, and, you know, to me, it, it's been feeling like a new paradigm shift for some time. And before I ask the next question, uh, you know, I can read people medically. I've done it, but uh, and I'm also empathic, and I block that. I will never use that unless I really have to do it. Uh, I just focus on mediumship and psychic abilities, okay? But I can do that, predict the future, and read psychically and all that. Our friends that are regular guests on here, Terry and Linda Jameson, the psychic twins, are great mediums and psychics, but they prefer to do future predictions, and of course they do do readings. Well, I prefer to just do mediumship and the psychic stuff and teaching my psychic classes, so that, you know what I mean? Uh, everybody mm -hmm. chooses, I know people are great mediums, but they'd rather do healing or something else. And I, I teach uh, mediumship and psychic development, and we had one lady that I think she was empathic medium, and she produced uh, professional commercials. And in her class, she, her problem was spirits came over asking for help. They filled her bedroom every night, nonstop, and she couldn't, you know, stop that. You know, I managed to stop it for myself, but so I had to help her. It took time to help slow it down. You know, people that are empathic and that are medium, you know, the spirits can see that and they want help. And, of course, you know, probably most mediums have got rid of bad spirits, sent them to the light, this, that, whatever. But, you know, everybody has uh, 
different gifts, but they some people just choose to specialize in a few. I've had people, you know, spirits come over here. Every time we have mediums come over as guests when we do expos or whatever, they bring spirits with them, which is funny. But not to go off the track too much. Now, I, I noticed that, and, and I'll ask you more about this later, <laughs> but, you know, Edgar Casey, known as the Sleeping Prophet, was a major medical intuitive. Now, I'm going to ask you, bring that back up again later, I want to ask you another question about how he did it. So, since you are a medical intuitive, could you describe the process and what you see? Yeah, sure, sure, thanks. Um, oh, and, and you before know, I, you I want, answer that, I want to let the callers know that we will be taking calls. After the interview, we'll be taking calls, answering questions, whatever you want. Thank you for calling in, and and let's go ahead and answer that, sir. Sorry for the interruption. Sure, sure. No, no, no problem. Um, and and the point, a point that I do want to make is that um, these abilities have been an unfoldment for me. And basically, um, basically, it seems like spirit has, you know, God has, or my higher self has created situations where I, I had to respond uh, in a certain way or they put me into a situation that called for me to use a certain ability. And so, um, and that's how I knew what I could do and it just kept on evolving from there. So one of the earliest medical intuitive things that happened for me was I was um, at a place called Peace Valley, Peace Valley Sanctuary on a retreat. And um, one of the, uh, well, I'll give you two examples from there, actually. Uh, One of them, a a lady was in tremendous pain and and on her side, and there were people who went to her and, and did different kinds of energy work and healing work, and nothing, nothing would make a difference for her. And so this was the very first time I, I did anything like this. I sat down, and she sat down, and I looked at her, and I could see that there was an entity in her body, and it was fear. I knew it was fear because all I could see was its eyes. It was black, and it was kind of hiding inside. And I knew what the fear was intuitively. I knew what it was from things that had happened to her in her life. So um, basically what I did was uh, at that moment I called in Archangel Raphael because I will work with the beings of higher life and said to Archangel Raphael, you know, what, what should I do here? And, and what he showed me basically and guided me to do was through my hands and through my third eye, to send light to this being and the energy that came through. So I was seeing what the cause of the pain was, which was a self-made problem. She had created this entity uh, of of fear that existed within her. And so the way we took care of that was we sent light into her and, and she could see all of a sudden she saw this entity transmute into light and be taken up out of her body. And she described it just that way, which is the way it happened. 
So that's one example. Another example was, uh, again, down in that area, just happened to be, uh, there was a woman, and she had, she had something going on in her ear, and she didn't know what it was. And she said, well, you know, can you look at it? And I'd never done that before. But I said, yeah, sure, you know, I'll take a look at it. You know, and then all of a sudden I could see inside her ear and could see into the canal just by, you know, third eye and could see that there actually was no problem there. And I was given direction to tell her what to do in order to relieve herself of it, uh, which wasn't a major problem at all. But I think the biggest one that I think everybody will be able to relate to, and, and, it, and because it's so powerful, um, a, uh, a mother came in with her five-year-old son, um, and he wasn't wearing shoes. And she said he cannot wear shoes. The doctors don't know what's wrong with he, him, but he's got neuropathy. He does not have diabetes, but he's got neuropathy. So much pain in his feet that he can't wear his shoes, and I have to carry him around. He, he was a big boy because his dad was a very big man. And I told her, just hold him and let me look at him. And so I looked at him through my third eye and could see that there was something going on in, his, in the middle of his brain. I was being shown a light down in that area. And so I then was guided just to put my left hand, touch it with my middle finger onto the top of his head and run the energy in. And again, I called it Archangel Raphael, and we sent the light in and just sent light flowing through him until it, I felt that the energy dissipated, it stopped, and that was the end of that. The next, that night, neither his mother nor he could sleep. He was, they were both so filled with energy, they told me. And he said he wanted to come and see me again, which the mother said was very unusual. He walked in to my place, sneakers on for the first time. But it gets wow. even better than that. It gets better than that. So I said, okay, let me do a full body scan on him. So sat him down on a chair, and I called in the light and asked the light to come in through his crown, and it moves through his, through his head perfectly, and then it got stuck at his throat. The light just stopped. And I said to them, what's, what's going on with his throat? And the mother didn't remember, but the father said, yeah, he has sore throats all the time, remember? So we ran the light until it went through there, and then it went down his body, and it got stuck by the colon area, by his intestine area. And I said, what's going on over here? They said, nothing. You know, maybe the medication that their doctors are giving him, maybe they're constipating him a little bit, but we don't know anything going on. Continued until the light went all the way through his body. Now, they come back and see me every six months just to say hello. And the reason that they do was, yes, he started walking in with his sneakers. What happened after that second session was the mother told me two hours later he had explosive diarrhea. He couldn't make it to the bathroom for anything. His whole system was cleared out. After that, he had no more pain. He started growing in the six months that I saw from the time I had seen him. He had grown six inches, which had not happened for a year before. And 
and the child is completely changed. So, again, it ha I see different kinds of things depending on what happened. One other example, which is kind of different, is a woman who was in a car accident. And um, I said, well, let me, let me look at you. And I saw that there was a hole in her energy body, energetic body so that energy was flowing out of her body instead of staying within and flowing through her the body correctly. She was getting migraines as a result of it. Her neck was hurting hard. Uh, there was uh, some, some other problem that I don't remember now. I called in the angels. I called in Archangel Raphael again and asked them to please close that opening. And that opening was closed, and the next day she had no more migraines or anything like that. So it really varies, you know. It, it basically, it's my consciousness that goes out, reaches out, can connect with the energy bodies of the people I'm working with. And they don't have to be anywhere near me, by the way. You know, I, I work with people over the phone, and they're all over the place. And I can re oh. remotely look at them and see what's going on. And But, you know, does that give you a little bit of a sense of the kind of work that I do as a medical intuitive? It most definitely does. It really you gave us a, a good cross-section of what it's all about. And being a Ph.D. in psychology, I've known some authors that are neurosurgeon, psychologist, uh, general practitioner, MD, some discovered abilities during their career or before, and they've stated that, yeah, the tough thing about the science is that there is no such thing as this, that it's, you know, either hallucinations, psychoses, or some other form of your imagination is cannot be real because, no, it's not a solid liquid or a gas or cannot be, you know, replicated or proven, and it could not exist. And so I know a lot of them kind of keep quiet about what they do or have done it after they've retired, or they didn't care. They just went ahead and published a book about it. Have you ever run across anything like that during your time in that field? Well, well I guess, it, you know, I was kind of fortunate that um – well, let's see, my abilities started to open up while I was still doing research uh, for a major corporation. Um, but I didn't speak about it a lot, but people would come to me with dreams that they had, and I would tell them what it meant. But it wasn't, I didn't fully, yeah, I didn't fully come out of the box until actually I was retired and finished with, that career, once I, I decided at a certain point that for ethical reasons I couldn't stand doing the kind of research that I was doing anymore. And then, you know, then these abilities continued to flow uh, even more. So um, I, didn't, I didn't run into that kind of conflict. But it's interesting that for so long I was using my rational brain, rational logical brain, that's what I was. I, I, I did psychological research for corporations, cold market research, where you tested commercials, products, and all of this kind of stuff. I did that for 30 years and had my own company for 10 of those years. And, um, and I was very logical and, and all of that. And yet, where I am now is 
so far from there, you know, I'm, I live much more in an intuitive space and um, I think in a lot freer space than, than where I was before. And uh, frankly, it makes a whole lot more sense to me than, <laughs> than, the, logic, than the logic part of it. Yeah, I understand that. And the logic part is useful, you know, like if you're a carpenter and you want to look at designs to build a building, you know. But then the intuitive part kicks in, well, maybe I shouldn't be building it on a field and swamp. Maybe I should be building it on bedrock or something like that. So it goes back and forth. Now, pushing on a little bit, uh, you, you know, Edgar Casey, I suppose, wasn't he like uh, – he was called a sleeping prophet because he'd do his readings and especially, you know, predictions and medical readings while he was in either a semi-sleep state or a trance that he actually channeled it. What is the difference between that and, well, how do you, you know, can you explain to us about channeling beings of light, uh, maybe some of the messages you received and the difference or different ways you channel. I think that would be okay. very interested. Well, first of all, yeah, your description of what Ezra Casey was about is, is right on. You know, he, he was called the sleeping prophet. Um, and um, and so he, when he was uh, so-called in sleep, so his consciousness would go to um, to the people. I'm more, I, I'm actually a conscious channel. I do not go into um, into that sleeping state um, when I um, when I'm getting messages. I'm awake, alert. I kind of go into a high alpha state, and so my vibration is very high. And I know that because I can I can feel the energies around me, and I can like right now I'm I'm always hearing. The vibrations around me. I'm listening to them right now, and it's, it's kind of like the own kind of experience that that we have when we meditate. But I hear that constantly, and when I when I say my prayers and I open myself up, it I, I my energy goes into a, a higher vibration than that, and so uh, I'm able to stay awake and conscious. I'm aware of everything that's going on around me. Sometimes I'll go deeper where I can feel that, you know, I'm just going deeper inside me and I'm getting in touch with something different. So, you know, that's how I bring through the messages from people who have crossed over. It's how I, you know, I can uh, do my medical intuitive and all of the psychic work. But also, and again, this is just something that unfolded, you know. Um, I, I was visited one time, again, when I was in this Peace Valley place, which I love, the energy is just incredible there. Um, the first time I went there, I saw we were saying prayers for dinner, and all of a sudden I see this entity, and uh, I said to the owner of the place, who, who was here with us? You know, I didn't even know. And um, she said, well, look into it. Look at it yourself and see who it is. And I looked, and it was Ascended Master Kasumi. That night, I went to bed and I woke up like at 2 o'clock in the morning to meditate and Jesus came to me and he just spoke to me. And that's the way I hear a lot of it is that they will just speak to me. Um, I don't have to be asleep or, or any other way. 
I've had um, Jesus spoke to me. Uh, Mother Mary's always with me. Um, I have spoken to um, Metatron. Um, he said, you know, we've got an assignment for you, blah, blah, blah. So I heard him very, very clearly. I've, there are beings who are in the, in the earth. Um, they're actually Lemurians who moved into the inner earth long, long time ago when the earth was being destroyed. And all of a sudden, a princess spoke to me, and she told me what she wanted me to do, and which hasn't happened yet, but it's something that's to happen. More recently, I've actually been able to say to the beings of light, um, I would like to, you know, I want to write something and I want to deliver a message to somebody. Prior to that, it was always they were coming to me with specific messages for me. And so um, I hear this, I, I hear kind of a, a debate going on, and then all of a sudden I hear, okay, um, we, we have a message that we want to deliver, and I say, who are you? And he says, I'm Archangel Zadkiel. I said, okay. And basically the message that he delivered to me was what I'll consider a message of hope so that people understand. What they wanted people to understand is that pain, and there are many forms of pain. There's psychological, physical, emotional pain. All of these pains are um, gateways to joy. In other words, some people look at pain as something that is, you know, it, it distresses them. It makes them lose hope. When, in fact, what it is is something for them to deal with, learn how to release that pain, or get somebody to help them to release that pain. Why? So they can live in that space of joy, peace, hope, and harmony. And that was the important message that he wanted me to write, and, and I wrote it for a, 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 an online magazine. And, but I, I just, what happened was he would speak it, and I, I would hear him speak it. I would, I would record it, and then I would transcribe it. But that's literally how clearly they're, I'm able to hear them and they're able to come through with personal messages for me or messages that they want the general population to know. So it's a different, different kind of thing than Edgar Casey, but um, it doesn't really matter, you know, um, it doesn't. how it yeah. comes through. It doesn't. There's many forms of that, and, and that's incredible. Sure. It's just that's your method, and the message gets through, the work is done, and it works. Uh, we have a diverse audience listening from around the world. We have Christians, Mohammeds, Shiras, Buddhists, and so forth and so on. I've noticed that some people talk about things in a religious context as far as like Jesus, for example, or Muhammad or whatever, and those people that are really not following the religion, but they believe in that. I've noticed that no matter what religion is mentioned, there's always somebody there for you, always somebody there for you, no matter what religious belief you, know, you follow or not. There's always somebody there for us, which I find is really amazing. Now, we have, you know, maybe 40 minutes or so left, and I have so many people on the switchboard, you know, not all the shows, so I get it to where I can see the rest of the numbers. Uh, are you willing to take some callers at this time? Oh, I'd love to, sure. 
Okay, in that case, uh, turn it over to the competent hands of our switchboard operator and wonderful co-host, Sherelle. Thank you, thank you. Okay, um, let's go ahead and start with uh, area code 917. Hello, you, you are on the air, area code 917. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you doing? You're great, and what is your name? Uh, my name is Tina. You guys are very intelligent. I'm like Edgar Casey. I'm over here getting taken notes and everything. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, thank you for calling Beyond the Gate. What is your question, please? I would like to ask about my relationship with Robert. Okay. Uh, do, you, do you do those types of questions? I forgot to ask you. <laughs> Just go ahead and, and say what you have to say, and we're listening. Okay. So... Um, so, the, and I'm just going to say it the way they say it to me, okay? So the question, the way they put it to me was, why, why, are, you, why are you asking this question about Robert, okay? Um, and then they're pointing to your heart. What, what's in your heart about Robert? Um, I, to me, when I look at your heart, I see a very bright light, where you, where, and it, it's turned into a very bright heart. So that I get the feeling that you have a very, very strong feeling for Robert. But what is it that you're doubting that causes you to ask that question and need, need external validation for? Um, I would like to work towards marriage. Um, and he's moving very, you know, he's moving at his own pace. He's a, he's a reluctant um, Well, some of the things are saying, in a way, he's kind of shy. In a way, he's kind of frightened. He's a little bit frightened of intimacy and commitment. Um, but, um, but you're not going to change him. And um, you need to look at what makes you happy. And you have to make your personal decisions about Robert. Um, I, it's clear you love him, and I get a feeling, it's just a feeling I have, that you're not, what, the way he's behaving, you're taking it personally, and you feel that maybe he's not showing you the kind of love that you really want. So it's for you to examine it. I'm not going to tell you what is going to be with you and Robert because at any moment you can make a decision and he can make a decision that can change your future. It's only a moment-to-moment -moment decision. That's all that's going on in life. And so um, keep that beautiful heart of yours glowing. Keep on sending out the love and see if you feel fulfilled in the relationship. And then yeah, you need to make the decision from there. Yeah, but why is he frightened of intimacy? Why is he? Yeah. Is that the, um, what was the question again? Why, asking, is, why is he afraid, afraid of, intimacy? of intimacy? There's well, something there I, that happened, but I don't want to talk about him because he's not on the radio. I don't think that's, that's right true. for me to do right now. Okay. Before we let you go, thank you for the call. I just want to just give my two cents. And I feel that uh, he feels comfortable and safe. He's in a comfortable and safe zone with you right now. 
And I think he's waiting for his feelings you know, to surface to where he can make a decision what he wants to do. But right now, he's not ready to do it. He doesn't want to be pushed. I think that he thinks he knows what he wants to do. In fact, that he's still with you and he's happy. But the intimacy is a really fragile and delicate issue. I, my advice from what I've seen is give it time to where your expectations are not met at a certain point, then you may confront him. Just back off, take, take off the pressure, and see what happens in a couple of months from now. That's more than fair. Then you can reevaluate your relationship. Does that sound reasonable? Absolutely, and I really appreciate the type of person that he is. Um, I was in a relationship with someone else for um, a, a, a long time, and the person was a little more aggressive and upfront. So this is something that I prayed for, but I'm no Robert doesn't. I'm not putting any pressure on him. I just was curious. <laughs> That's okay, but I think between the both of us, hopefully you'll listen to the advice, and it helps you both in some way. God bless, and thank you for calling. Okay. You know, David, before, before we go to the next caller, um, I'd like sure. to pick up on something here. Um, you know, people often are asking, you know, how do, I, how do I find that other person that I love and all of that? And, and um, you know, it, she, her example there was absolutely perfect uh, for what I'm going to say. And basically, we draw to us the person that we that we want, that has the characteristics that we want. And sometimes we go from into one relationship, and in that relationship we learn what we don't want in a, re, in a person. That, so then in our minds or to God we say, you know, I want a person that does this, which is what we learned from that first person that we really wanted in a relationship. And then we draw us that person by creating that that wish list if you will that's literally what has happened to me you know in, in my two marriages and in my partnership now I literally learned from my first wife what I needed and I I declared it to the universe I that person showed up and through that I learned I wanted something more in my relationship, and that's what, what I'm with now. So that's what happened for her. She saw in that first relationship, she was, I don't really want somebody quite that aggressive or that, that forward. Now I've got this quiet person, and she's going to decide whether she wants that or not, and maybe she's going to then say, no, I really want somebody in the middle here. So that's how we create our world. We are creating our world, our partnerships, our life all the time. That, wow, that's I amazing. I, I like that. I do like that because it does it, – it, because I've always heard that statement, we teach people how to treat us, you know, based on, you know, things. And I always thought that I would want to be treated the way that I'm treating my spouse. So that's how I want to be treated. And then there's some things that I do that maybe I don't want that 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 way. So I do understand that now. It's like mm-hmm. you, you get invited to the Grand Canyon. You've never been there before. You know, 
you so you go to experience at Grand Canyon, you know if you want to go there again or not. What did I learn? Should I bring a canteen and more food next time or not? Or that I'd rather next time just see a forest. You know, so it's like a relationship. You get a call, you know, this is my relationship going to work? Is he going to be the one? And I am not telling her everything because the guy just saying, no, she needs to go through this relationship and it's going to fail. And then she'll meet uh, the next guy is going to be the guy she's looking for. But uh, the reason the guys told me not to tell her is because that if she didn't learn this final lesson, then she, the, uh, the relationship would not be successful or delayed. In other words, Sherelle exactly. uh, is my fourth wife. My first marriage was terrible, and I had troubles in the, in the other three. By the time I met Sherelle, I was ready not to get married again. But when I married her, I applied everything I learned in those previous relationships, and now we're totally happy. So I think that, you know, some people can find somebody, you know, their childhood sweetheart at 21 and be wonderful. Some people won't find the person they love until they're 53 years old, for example. Why? Because you learn from experience, and you think that person was the one for you, but actually it was a lesson, maybe a big lesson, but you will eventually find happiness, you know. So every case is different, and people, if they can understand it, and they always can because they get desperate, and I know it's bad to be lonely, but what you said and what I said together, I think, we're pretty much talking about a similar thing, aren't we? Yeah, very much so. We're just saying it in slightly different ways. That's it. Exactly. I agree. You know, I and maybe at some point we'll touch on this whole issue where people get hung up on finding their soulmates and their twin flames and all of that because, you know, I, I have a certain belief that that's a 3D concept in a certain way that we're, that we're dealing with. But we, we can deal with that when, if, uh, if it comes up with a caller. Okay. Let's, let's check out the next caller to see if it comes up. Area code 313. <laughs> Area code 313, you're on the air. Hello. Hi, how are you guys? Great. Hi. This is Sherelle, and who am I speaking with? Alicia. Hi, Alicia. Welcome to the the show. Did you have a question today? Yes, I do. So I've been talking and turning about, um, about moving forward with a career path or a form of work, I shall say. Um, I keep making decisions, but the decisions that I make are based, you know, in the reality of everything, you know, pay bills, this, that, and the other, but I have a passion for writing um, and kind of just, I don't know, I just, I'm just trying to figure out what type of messages um, do the angels are. Oh my God, have one in this okay. um, Alicia, let me let me try and repeat back what I think you you said so that I'm clear about this. I think yeah. you're saying that you're trying to make decisions on what career path you want to go on. I think you said something about you're passionate about lighting, but. Um, but I, I guess you're not able to make up your mind which way to go, is it, and so you're asking for guidance as to which way to go. Is that what you're saying? Yes, and um, in so many words. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let me let, let, let me tell you what I experienced as um, as you were talking. Okay, because 
you know, you were saying something. I got the verbal message, but I got something physical as well. And um, and that was that I got what I call a hit in my in my throat chakra. That that's the area by the vocal cords. Uh, you you might think of it, and that is a, a self-expression uh, center. And um, when I get a hit there, what it's telling me is that the individual I'm working with or assisting, that they're not uh, able to, something happened for them where they are not fully able to express um, their thoughts, their feelings um, in in a straightforward kind of way. It may be because when they were younger, uh, things were said to them that made them feel that they they were not entitled to express themselves at all. Do, does that relate to you at all, Alicia? Mm, especially when I was younger. Mm-hmm. I, used to talk, I talked mm-hmm. a lot when I was younger. So um, a lot of adults really but, didn't take any like, liking to that. So, mm-hmm. so uh, and again, I, I'm, I'm a distance from you, so sometimes I'm not hearing completely. What I heard you say was that when you were very young, you were very talkative, and then yeah. did you say something changed there? Um, I feel like as far as my communication, that I'm, I'm better communicating my thoughts and my feelings through writing better than I am speaking. Got it. Okay. All right. Now, what is going on, what I sense from you in, is that, um, and maybe this is why you prefer writing too, is I'm, I'm getting a swirl around you. There's a swirl going around your, your head. It's, all, it's like, you know, there's a little bit of a, um, a tornado storm going around you, and so you feel like... Uh, Everything is in movement, and you don't quite have a handle on it. And um, so what I'm trying to say to you is that, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not hearing anything from the angels. Let, let me say that first of all. What I'm, I'm getting a sense of is that um, there's something going on for you which had you uh, feel a lot of confusion in your life in not being able to make clear decisions for yourself, which may have had something to do with you stopping expressing yourself verbally. And so what I'm saying is that there are some other issues here that are impeding you, that are keeping you from finding the path to your career and probably your path in other areas of your life. Hmm. This would require, you know, some somebody to work with you in some way to help you release some of these memories and experiences that have happened to you. Does, does that make any kind of sense to you? I think so. You think so? Okay. Yeah. yeah. David or Sherelle, do you have anything else there? That's, I, that's all I, I have to say. I also wanted to, to 
thank you for mentioning that too. Um, it was just, it is holding her back. And what I could do is what would be a good uh, thing, Alicia, if you want to, um, Shaman Rise is available for readings, personal one-on-ones. Um, and, you know, he is, he has a website. You can go to it. You can do, you, since you've done a preliminary with him, you can go to his website and check it out and maybe sign up for um, a one-on-one, and he can work with you of, and try to help you release some of these past things that would help. Um, if you remember earlier, earlier he was talking about um, getting a couple of things done, um, talking, showing the kid and how he was uh, walking and everything and how he had problems mm-hmm. with his feet and now that he's walking. So that could be uh, one thing that, uh, that can, he can help you with, okay? Mm-hmm. Okay. Thank okay. you so much for calling. Okay. Thank you very much. Okay. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. We, we'd like to let our listeners know that uh, our guest tonight can answer you briefly on a quick question that may be burning in your mind or maybe resolve or answer a question when you call in to us. But if you have something that needs a little bit more work, please visit his website. He's amazing. He has... Uh, amazing experience, background, and uh, people have told their experiences with him, very positive experiences on the, his website. So still call in and ask the question, and uh, if we need to refer you to his website for further consultation or work, please do so. This gentleman is an amazing man, otherwise he wouldn't be on the show tonight. <laughs> so with that, I'll leave it back to Sherelle. Um, we seem to have lost our guest, so we'll just have to dial him back real quick. In the meantime, um, thank you, everyone, for holding as long as you have online, and we will uh, definitely get to your calls. Um, again, let's try to keep it to one uh, question, and in that way, uh, Shaman Ra can um, answer that question, and we can move to the next caller, if you would, please. So just stand by one second, and we will go ahead and take another caller in just a moment. Yes, let me give him a call real quick. Play a little piano music there, baby. I'm going to get him back on the line with us real quick here. So hold on, everyone. Let's get him back. I have you. It's almost okay. Should I hang up from Skype? Yes, please. Okay. <laughs> so you're sorry. Back. Sorry about sorry about that. It dropped. I don't know why. No problem. Sometimes when we have 
uh, a couple of powerful mediums on the line. It um, Sometimes the switchboard plays games with us. So we are just going to chug along if that's okay. Oh, no. Okay. Hold on one second, everyone. We seem to have lost our, our guest again, so hold on one second. That is true. Technology is a Hello? little hard sometimes. Can you hear me? Hi. Yes. Hi. All right. Is this Sherelle? Yes, this is Sherelle. And this is David. Hello there. I don't know what happened there, but we got disconnected. All right. I'm, I'm ready for the next call. Then. Okay, what? we'll keep you on both. And we'll keep you on both. Okay. We have you on Skype and another um, on the switchboard. So we'll keep no, you on both. No, he's just on the switchboard. But I must say, Spirit does have a sense of humor, and that's got to be positive. Uh, <laughs> that is. <laughs> oh, God. Perfect. All righty. And, uh, Sh- Shaman, I want you to also mention your website again for for anyone who would like to have a full reading and maybe just spend some time with you and working on getting um, getting some clarity in their lives and stuff like that. Could you mention your uh, your website again? Sure. It's it's my name, which is Shaman Rai, but the way it is spelled is S H A M A N R A I dot com. So it's Shaman Rai. And the Rai is spelled R-A-I instead of like something else. But uh, so, and you you can find it just by going shamanrai.com. And I think it's uh, up on on your uh, radio uh, listing, isn't it? Yes, it is. It's at the bottom of the bio on the radio program page on blogtalkradio.com. And I just wanted to mention that just in case um, someone needed a longer reading or wanted a personal reading, um, and uh, this our past caller would have been perfect because the analogy that you the, the example that you gave about the, the young boy who could walk after not walking, and I think that would be something that would definitely help her. So that would be very great. good. Great, great. Okay, I, um, I love next- I love helping people. That's that's good because this definitely, and we all need a little boost. Sometimes we can't always get things done ourselves, and we need. It's okay to ask for help. It's okay. It's not. It doesn't have the stigma that it used to years ago. Right. Now people right. are willing to ask for help. Great. We're yes. We are going to take another caller. Hello, caller. You are on the air. Hi, how are you? Hello. Thanks for taking my call. Hi there. Hello. Thank you for calling Beyond the Gate. And may we ask your name, please? Sure, my name is Helen. Helen, welcome to, you, to Beyond the Gate. Thank you for the call. Do you have a question for the shaman? I do, shaman. Um, I just recently took a new position, a work position, and I'm wondering how you see that playing out, if it's a career or a job. Okay. Um, so, um, first of all, let me just describe what I'm seeing. Um, so, I, I started to see uh, something that looked brown, like a like a box. But then I started to see a circular, a semicircular desk with 
a chair in the middle of it without anybody sitting in it. Um, I don't know if that describes your work situation, but um, what it symbolically suggests to me, since I don't see you sitting in there um, at this time, is that uh, I, I get the feeling that this is a very temporary kind of position for you. It's not a long-term long career. I think that's why I saw the box also. Um, um, you're, you're, I'll say it the way they're saying it to me, you're a lot more talented than you give yourself credit for. And um, I get the feeling that you are, you kind of hold back, maybe we call it fear or whatever, you kind of hold back from really stepping into utilizing all of your abilities. Um, there's something about schooling that just popped in um, where um, maybe there was a feeling that you couldn't perform quite as well as, as others expected you to, but you're a very creative type of person. Um, you get frustrated very easily um, when, uh, when you're trying to create and it's not moving in the direction you want. But um, you also have kind of an entrepreneurial attitude about you or ability about you so that uh, you get kind of frustrated when you're, being, when you're being within an organizational kind of framework. Now, I'm not telling you to run out and go and establish a business or anything like that. You know, we all need experience and all of that, and you need to see whether that fits. But I, I just hear the words that you're not, you're not, that you're kind of selling yourself short, probably relating to this job. Does that make sense for you, Helen? Well, I have a, a really good position. Um, however, to your point, it is with a large company um, as opposed to a small entrepreneurial setting. And how's your feeling about being in a large corporation versus a, a small setting? I have mixed feeling. I have never worked for a large company, so I don't know if it's just an adjustment period or it's a mistake. Well, there are no mistakes. Let's start there, okay? This, is a, there's, this has a certain level of experience for you that possibly you're going to need to take with you to wherever your next step, wherever you're going next. You know, listen back to the conversations that David and Sherelle and I have had about even relationships. You know, in every relationship you learn something from that relationship about the next relationship you're going to be in. The same thing happens for you with work. And you haven't quite gotten to the point where you are fully utilizing your abilities. This may be a stopping off point for you to gain a certain kind of experience that you wouldn't get otherwise that you can bring into a different kind of setting that, that you, where you're going to feel more fulfilled than, than you are right now and than you have been for a while. Oh, okay, that makes total sense. I tend to agree that this is a stepping stone, but it's going to be so good that you're going to learn so much and become so good because you already are that um, that you it would, may feel like you can make a career of this, but at, at a certain point you're going to say, wow, I've reached my potential here. I need to go somewhere else where I can grow even more. And I think that's what he, he's trying to say also, and I'm seeing the exact same thing as he is. So don't you know quit and go somewhere else. Stay there, 
once you reach that certain time, you will know it in your heart or intuitively. And then there will be something waiting for you down the road. And so just keep on keep keeping on. Okay, great. Thank you both so much. You're welcome. Yeah, You're welcome. you know, sometimes yeah. sometimes we think that um that we have to get that we're going to get someplace. And I I love, I think it's a Buddhist saying, you know, you know, a, a, a trip of a million miles begins with the first step, and it's a step-by-step kind of thing. And it's also not getting somewhere, but it's, it's living all of those experiences. That's what life is all about, for us to gain all of that experience and knowledge and wisdom and capability through all of life's experiences. So it's not the final partner. It's not the final job, career, where I'm going to be the rest of my life. Although I think in our in our world, we create that fantasy for people or that expectation for people that, you know, and, but that, that's, long, that's long gone. I agree. And you know, talking about experience, and there's more rougher, rudimentary examples, like a little girl that touches the stove and burns her finger and finds out it's hot, or a little child that puts his foot in the waves of the ocean at the beach for the very first time. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. once you know what you're dealing with, then you know how to proceed from there. So, again, it all adds up to experience, and that's very important. And, you know, I guess some people, you know, can get places faster than others. We all have a different mental capacity, IQ, so forth. But then again, uh, psychics and mediums and people, that, whatever they do, uh, music artists will come to Earth. They're already advanced, so they have the gift, and they just come here to do a certain thing. But that's, you know, a lucky chosen few. Uh, the others maybe just have a longer journey. But, you know, if you take the journey, you can learn and gain from it. So there it is. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, remember that, you know, this is just one lifetime and in, in maybe millions of lifetimes if we want to think of lifetimes. But we're always going to exist. And so it's lessons that we're learning that are being incorporated into our soul and into our being, and so, you know, there's there's no rush to get anywhere. We're all going back to God ultimately. Uh, we're going back to the light and being incorporated into God's love and creation. And so, um, you know, we're here to grow and learn and might as well just enjoy it and do the best we can. No, it's what you're saying is, you know, none of us can see the bigger picture yet. So... God made a jigsaw puzzle with a picture on it. But you have to come back here and be a, a piece each time you live a different life. And each piece, the puzzle starts to come together before you see the big picture. Exactly. Perfect. Well said. That's All right. right. <laughs> yeah, that's. I like to talk about stuff in that particular way. I don't know why. I'm not. Uh, anyway, go ahead, you're a, you're, a, you're a poet, David. <laughs> there he is. <laughs> I didn't know it. <laughs> okay, uh, we have another caller on the line with a screen name, S. Gridge. Hi. Hi, and welcome to the call. show. Thank you You're for welcome, taking my call. And thank you for calling in and listening. Can we have your first name and your question for the shaman? Yeah, my name is Gidget, and my question is, am I where I'm to be? 
or do I need to raise my energy? Do I need to work on something? What do you see for me mentally, physically, to be a spiritual, a better spiritual person? Does okay, that make so sense? I just, yeah, but I want to clarify one part. Cause, mm-hmm. uh, so when you said, am I where I'm supposed to be, you're not talking about a physical locale. You're talking about in your in your level of development spiritually, it sounds like what you're talking about. Is that right? Perfect. Yep, yep. Okay. So you you have been doing work on yourself. Um, You're doing some meditation? Yes. So you've been opening up, and this is the way they say it, you've been opening up like a a flower. You've been opening yourself up, and and you've been releasing. You've been doing some work releasing... um, some of the memories, uh, some of the blockages that you've had, which is all, it's, it's all good. You're on the right path. Um, you, have a, you have a very big heart. Your love is very great. And um, your love is what, is what is propelling you and what is opening you up. You're a very bright person. Um, I mean that energetically. I mean... I also, I'm seeing the shadow image of, of, of an angel, a very large angel, um, which, um, you know, we all, we all may be angels, um, but sometimes we have angels around us that are protecting us. And I get the feeling that you have a very strong guardian angel uh, around you uh, that is working with you. Um, the name sounds like it starts with an S, but I'm not picking up clearly what the name is. Um, your uh, your hope is great. You have a great deal of hope in your heart, great deal of hope for the future. Uh, you are a leader, um, and you're showing the way for other people. So uh, in terms of your unfoldment, your unfoldment is progressing perfectly. It would be good to uh, and helpful for you to do more meditation. Um, I gather you do some yoga, too. Do you do some yoga? Yep. Okay. So the yoga and more meditation would be helpful for you. Okay. Um, the, um, and um, uh, if you haven't already, you're going to start seeing some of your past lives. I have the feeling you've seen one or two already, but you're going to start seeing more of your past lives coming through. Um, and like all of us, um, you have things to release from past lives in this life, and um, you're going to just keep your eyes open, and you're going to find people around you who you're going to start working with who, you, who can help you release that, uh, release some of those things, and it's going to move very, very quickly for you. I get the feeling you're really a very high vibration person, um, and so you're going to be able to release a lot of this. So I think the answer to your original question, are you in the right place? Yes, you're absolutely in the right place. You're doing the right things to raise your vibration. I think you're experiencing the raising vibration that's taking place in the earth. And, um, and, but, you know, you can do a little bit more in meditation, and you might look at doing a slightly different kind of meditation then what you're doing, uh, what you're doing is, is fine. The meditation is perfect for raising the vibration, but you may want to look into other kinds of meditation and, and um, 
something that um, that you're ready for, and you'll know intuitively what kind of meditation you're ready for that'll help speed this along even more. I hope okay, that's I was going to ask you. Yeah, I was going to ask you. And what, and what do you think it it should be? But you said that right. I should just kind of feel on it and think on it and work on that, on what works yeah. best for me. Okay. You know, I'm going to go back to Gidget. I'm going to go back to something I said about myself and my unfoldment. You know, I sought out my teacher. You know, and they always say when when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. And so I was following certain kinds of meditation techniques that were um, uh, Dick Sutton and other other people until finally I heard and was guided to my guru, and that's the path that I've been on for the rest of my life with that form of meditation. I get the feeling you are hungry for this. Keep your eyes and ears and heart open, and you're going to find the right person who's going to, who's going to lead you. Yes, you are correct. Okay, great. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you for thank calling, Gidget. Appreciate it. And thank you for being on the website. Thank you. That was great. Oh, good. I'm glad it's it's a nice that's a nice way I you know to uh, you know it's a nice feeling to know that somebody is awake and aware as she is. Yes. And uh, you know, beautiful. There's something I want to ask you. Uh, you know, I I'm psychic, but I can't always predict. You know. A lot of callers, and I know we said it's a 90-minute show, and it'll go on to recording mode, so people listening from the website won't be able to hear it, but they will in the archives if it goes over time, but people on the phone lines will still continue to hear it live. Are you willing to take a couple more callers? Or Well, um, I would say... Take one let's more call? Do, let's, yeah, let's just do one more call. And then, okay. you know, if, if people are interested and want to have me back, I'd be happy to come back another time uh, so we can – I'm having a lot of fun. I'm really enjoying being with both of you and with all of your guests. And, and you know, so if you'd like to do that, I'd, I'd love to do that. Okay, we'll take one more caller. We're going to have him back on again. And also please visit his website, shamanrai.com. Okay, we'll take our last caller right now, and thank you, everybody else that didn't get through to him this time. Uh, we'll take you next time we have him on, because I think he'd like to be back on. Okay, Sherelle. I love that. Okay, area code 715. Hello, oh, area yeah. code 715. You're... Hello. Hi, this is Sherelle. How are you? Who am I speaking with? Thank you for taking the call. I'm I'm shocked that I'm the last one. Um my name is Maisie, and I'm from Wisconsin. And um, I'm having um, some troubles medically, or I feel um, odd. My ears and my mouth is full of canker sores right now. And I'm a caregiver. I usually take care of people that are dying, crossing over. Or, um, but this time, I'm going to be um, taking care of someone who is having a hip replaced. And for some reason, my body is just... Um, acting kind of strange, and I'm wondering if um, Shaman could tell me what might be going on. Yeah, um, as soon as you started to speak, I felt it in my throat. There's actually, you have some kind of infection in your throat, and that's what's spreading out throughout your mouth um, and your ear. 
but it's 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 located. Uh, I'm starting to feel the sore throat. It's you actually have a sore throat. It may be strep that you're dealing with. I'm not 100% sure on that, but I definitely feel it within my throat, and I'm and you know, and then I'm getting heat around uh, my mouth. Um, I would I would definitely. Uh, um, have you not been to a doctor? No, yeah. I haven't, but I will go. I, yeah, I would highly recommend that you go to a doctor, let them take a look, and um, and you know, uh, and and let let them provide you with some guidance at this point as to what to do for it. But it's it's clearly it, I clearly feel it in your throat. Okay, and that doesn't have anything to do with the fact that I mean I didn't bring it on. Um, um, because of taking care of someone who is going to live, um, I felt like I made a big deal out of something that wasn't. I'm getting the feeling that it, I'm I'm not getting a connection to that this is caused by this particular patient in any way. Okay. Um, I'm not getting that at all. I do get the feeling that your immune system is kind of weak. And you may just be very, very run down. Um, so you need to do something to build up your immune system. Um, and, um, I, you know, so I, I'm, because you're going to go to the doctor tomorrow, I'm going to let, let the doctor advise you on that. Uh, but again, now I'm getting a feeling there's something about the way you're eating, and you may not be eating quite as nutritionally sound as your body requires, and I don't know. Are you taking any kind of supplements at all? Um, uh, supplements. I work with oils, Young Living oils and such. Okay. Uh, well, what, I, what, I, what, what it was coming to me is that you're lacking in vitamin C, which would help you build up your immune system oh, and other things to build up your immune system. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I hope that's helpful for you. Yes, it is very helpful. Do Do you know if um, I am surrounded by angels and I am going to book a session with you? Okay. Um, right now I'm not seeing angels, um, um, but that doesn't mean anything. Uh, and I don't want people to get hung up either on whether they are or they're not. Um, basically... You can call in the beings of light to be around you at, at any time. You can, whoever you believe in, whatever you're comfortable with, this is something that David referred to earlier, whoever you see as being your, your guide, you can call them in and they can be there supporting you. I have Archangel Michael around me all the time. Um, I also have an orb, by the way. We can talk about orbs at some point, but I have a giant orb that follows me everywhere like my pet orb or something. I don't know what it is, but, you know. All but, right. Um, so I thought I had Archangel Michael around me as well. Mm-hmm. I guess I was wrong. But I will call you. No, and no, no. no it, it's not that you're wrong. It's just I'm not seeing it right now. I don't want you to go to the place that you're wrong. When you see well, it, no, I understand. you're feeling them right there, okay? okay? Yeah. All right, great. Thank you so much. I will go You're again welcome. Thank you. tomorrow right away. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you, Macy. You know, I agree, too. Whenever I do readings, sometimes on the radio I see something or sometimes I'm not. There's a reason for it. But when you get into more in-depth uh, 
reading with an individual and the energy runs and you're really getting into it, then you start to see all kinds of things and everything. That's why on the radio is just kind of difficult because it's limited time and pressure and all that and try to do the right thing. It doesn't mean that there isn't around her like you said, but if she does a session with you, I'm sure it will be an amazing session. And the uh, big orb of light that's following you around, do you have a moment to uh, tell us about that? Well, yeah. Um, you know, basically, um, um, we used to do um, things here. In, I have a friend who would uh, chant, and uh, then we would take, uh, somebody would have a, a digital cameras, and we would take photographs, and there are these incredible orbs that some believe are actually interdimensional beings that move between maybe the fifth dimension and three, third dimension. Uh, very often they're around animals, and they're in, in very often in places where there's very high vibration, so when we go into meditation. Well, friends of mine were, uh, I was just at a friend's house, you know, um, they take a picture and boom, there's this large orb um, uh, near the upper part of my back, about uh, five feet behind me. Take the same kind of picture at another house, it's there. And sometimes I wonder whether or not, you know, this is an example of either uh, an angelic being or, uh, uh, or a higher self, uh, but it's definitely some form of intelligence that is, that's around me and they seem to be um, uh, around a lot uh, where there's, a, like I say, a high vibration. We live in a very high vibration town, Eureka Springs, which has a lot of crystals and flint and, and running water on the ground. And so uh, I think that's one of the reasons why we have so much of the, these interdimensional orbs um, flying around. And they're, they're, they're round, and if you do a close-up on it, you'll see different lines going through it. Uh, so it, ha- it has a definite structure to it. I, I hope that answers your question. It does, and I, I feel that somebody that's working with you, uh, a very important entity that's working through you, because, you no, know, you and I can't do it by ourselves without their channeling their help and all that, and I think that uh, is a very important being that's working with you, and, you know, mm-hmm. that's totally, uh, totally, totally amazing. Um, you know, you just don't see that around everybody, but, you know, your energy, you know, you have lots of light workers working through you to do what you got to do. And you have a team, a big team, and I think that's amazing. And psychically, before I let you know, one thing I'm saying is that I'm waiting for you to publish your first book. I'm not going to say how no, many, no. but your first book. When are you going to publish that? Because I know you've got a book in you. <laughs> are you going you know, to publish funny. a book? It's, it's, it's funny you bring that up because I'm st- I-, I was just starting to have those feelings. You know, I've been writing certain articles, and then almost today I was starting to think about uh, writing a book. I don't know fully what it's going to be yet, but I-, I think you've tapped into something that's that is opening up within me. So thank you for picking up on that. Well, I think everybody would just love to read your journey and experiences, and you can do one or two books, but if you did one book, yes, I have... One book out, one book finished, another book starting. And 
my two books are my journey and continuing, and the third one is how to do it and explaining things. Maybe yours could be your journey, and the other part is, you know, how it works, how people can heal themselves or how you do it or whatever. I don't know. I just know you have so much knowledge and you, you've got to have a book out there. It's going to be a great seller, and we'd love to see a book from you. Well, thank you. Thank you for the encouragement, and uh, that that stimulates me very much. And um, now now it's not just going to be a half a thought that I've had. I'm, by you doing seeing this and, and saying that to me, it, it brings a confirmation to the feelings that I had. So thanks. Well, I've been versed to tell you that, but I had to politely wait until the end of the show because I just had to tell you that. Now, when, I get, <laughs> when I'm pushed to say something like that, it usually means it's authentic. You know, I trust. Yeah. I don't argue. <laughs> so right. thank you very yeah. much. for. Well, thank you for being on the show tonight. It was a pleasure. Looks like we had a record number of people in the uh switchboard unfortunately we couldn't get to all but we're gonna we're trying you know i just I have to make my shows longer limit is two hours and but i i you know i like to get the audience to get to know a person first before i start taking calls and then later you know if the guest feels like taking calls we're here to help us you the guest, everybody that's what it's all about just like what you're doing and once again it's been a pleasure Let's stay in touch. I'll put links up on my my personal website to you because people like you are kind of hard to find, you know, hard to find a a genuine healer that can really see as you do and all the other wonderful things that you do. Thank you so much for being on Beyond the Gate. Thank you to both of you. It's been a pleasure being with you. I love your audience, too, and whenever you want me, I'll be there. Thank you so much. God bless. Thank you. Have a wonderful, wonderful evening, everyone. Bye-bye. All right. Good night. Good night. Good night. And thank you to our wonderful, beautiful listening audience, the followers that follow our show. And if it's your first time, thank you for joining us. We always promise to try to have the most positive and enlightening guests on. And feel free to call in for questions or help or whatever. No, we're getting to the point to where we're trying to get more callers in, but we don't want to interview somebody for five minutes and now you've got two hours of calls. That's not fair. We want the audience to know our guest. Then we take the calls and then the next time maybe it'll be all calls. We're working on that and more shows. I know we don't have them every Sunday right now like we did, but we're going to. So thank you for being a faithful listener. God bless you all and I hope you have a wonderful day or evening. This has been David and Shrill on Beyond the Gate on our September 7th, 2014 edition on Sunday, Beyond the Gate Radio. Goodbye, God bless, and be well.